Hi everyone, welcome to This Week in Yoga. I'm Erin Lanzi, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a mom, and I'm the host of this podcast. I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for being here. This is a weekly podcast, and this is where I share my yoga themes, anything that I'm going to kind of center, focus my teaching around for the upcoming week. So this month, we are in May 2021, and all month long, we're talking about transitions transitions, getting from point A to point B. And we're talking about this both on and off of the mat. This week in particular, I'm talking about intentional transitions. So last week we talked about what it can be like when you find yourself in the middle of a transition that you did not choose for yourself. You're sort of being, you're sort of along for the ride. So if that's more the headspace you're in, you can head back to last week's episode. This week we're talking about intentional transitions, times when we have had the opportunity and the space to actually think through a change that we would like to make, and then we take the leap and actually make that change. We exercise our autonomy. So depending on your experience and your personality, this process of getting proactive and taking the reins can feel really great or it can feel really awful and scary. And so that's what I want to talk about today. In this episode, I'm going to share some of the biggest roadblocks that I've discovered in making big shifts or big life life changes. Maybe they resonate with you, maybe not. Um, And I would love to hear yours if you have some to add. What makes it difficult for you to get in the driver's seat? What are your biggest challenges? I'm going to share mine. And if I don't cover yours, please let me know. All right, I'm going to get going. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so let's talk about these scenarios where you are the one making the decision. You're the one driving the change. You are the one in charge. You're the one steering the ship. Especially if this involves other people, if you have a partner, if you have a family, if you have a friend, if you have close people that this impacts, a lot of times this can feel really uncomfortable. It's been uncomfortable for me in the past. I'm getting better at making these decisions and getting proactive and being able to make big decisions in my life that impact other people, but it's not easy. So I'm talking about things like changing positions in our job or moving to a new town, deciding on schooling for your kids, determining what comes next for you after graduation. It could be anything, big or small. You know, it might be easy to think that Bigger decisions are the ones that are more stressful, but for many people, even small decisions like these, if you're the one behind the wheel, it can be really, really stressful. So let's talk about why. I have four reasons I'd like to talk about today. And like I said in the intro, if you have more of your own, I would love to hear them. Why is it difficult for you to make your own decisions, to exercise your autonomy? Okay. So the first one is polarized thinking. This is a way of thinking where we believe that there is one right decision that we have to figure out. There's something right there. There's a, there's a correct answer. It's either A or B or C. And whichever one we choose, it's either going to be right or it's going to be wrong. So it's like those standardized tests in high school or, you know, much younger than high school where you fill in a bubble and a machine scores it and 
you know, so many in ta- so many times in reality, this is just not the way it is. Most of the time, the vast majority of the time, there are two answers that are right in different ways. There are several ways that we could go, several options we could choose, and they are all right for us in different ways. The mistake comes when we think there's only one that's right. Because in that case, what I find is that no matter what I've chosen, I'm still convinced it was the other one that was right. And when that's kind of where your head is, you end up living in a way where you just try and um, kind of reiterate why this one wasn't right or what could have been righter about the other decision. It's really crazy making. So we don't need to be certain, but once we decide to make a move, we need to commit to that move at least long enough to discover the ways that it was right for us. All right, so let's think of an example. Let's say that we are at an ice cream shop and we're trying to decide on a flavor. Let's let's pretend that I'm trying to decide between Rocky Road and Quadruple Fudge and I'm like standing there staring at the two buckets and I'm holding up the line. I just can't decide. And then I finally decide, okay, I'm just going to go with quadruple fudge. And then I head to a nice sunny bench outside the shop and I'm sitting there with my ice cream and I'm still thinking about whether or not I'm enjoying this as much as I could be. I'm sitting there with my mouth full of quadruple fudge ice cream and I can't even figure out how good it tastes because I'm still stuck back with that fact that I had options And I don't know what the other one would have been like and could it have possibly been better? No, we need to get out. We need to get ourselves out of that quagmire, right? That's where we need to stop. We made the decision. The ice cream's not going back into the tub. So we could, you know, color this entire experience of sitting on the bench with that ice cream, sitting with that decision that we made, we can make it bitter for ourselves by constantly going back and contemplating what might have been better. Or we can just move forward and eat the quadruple fudge with confidence, with conviction. There are plenty of ways that this decision was right. So I want to just pause here for a moment and acknowledge that are there certainly times that we could make a decision and it turns out to be really bad? Yes, of course that can happen. I'm talking more about those of us that get really tangled up and ensnared when either decision could work out and we really can't foresee anything terrible about one decision over the other. Okay, so let's move on to our second reason that it's difficult for a lot of people to be proactive and make decisions. Second reason is avoiding responsibility. So here's another reason. It's because we feel afraid of having to take responsibility if things don't go well. And I think this one can sometimes look a lot like selflessness. We always defer to other people saying, oh, I don't have an opinion or I'll be happy either way. Are there people like that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And if you're one of them, I totally get it that that can be difficult when you really don't have an opinion to feel like you have to conjure one up. So I'm not really talking to you then. What I'm talking about is maybe you have an opinion that you're not even used to sensing or feeling. 
Maybe you have an opinion, maybe you have a viewpoint or a desire that is buried in you somewhere, but you're just so not used to using it that you're not even sure what it is. If that's your scenario, there's a real high likelihood that maybe you have kind of a consistent underwriting feeling of of stuckness in your life, powerlessness. I think if you have that feeling of, of kind of just being stuck along for someone else's ride, chances are you do have opinions. You do care. Um, you do have ways that you long to assert yourself that just need to be discovered a little bit. But a lot of times for folks like that, it's way more comfortable to let other people just be in charge. So... I think what we're really avoiding here is feelings of failure. We don't want to deal with the emotional fallout of making a decision that turns out badly. And maybe we haven't had the experience of being in that position very often where we have we have the control, we have the decision-making power, we make the decision, it turns out poorly. And then guess what? Life moves on and we are okay. So many of us have played it safe for so long and let other people make the decisions that the thing that we're afraid of making this, making a wrong decision or, you know, having things turn out badly and then we have to deal with it. It's really not as bad as we think. Is it uncomfortable for a while? Yes. I have made poor decisions, but we come out the other side. Life goes on. And then you have that information about yourself and you have the experience of having exercised your personal power. So here I'm talking about, I'll give you an example. If we have to move to, or, you know, if we move to a different town. Okay, let's say we're trying to decide if we should move. And um, I defer and let my partner make that decision. And we move. He decides that we're going to move. And we get there and we both hate it. It's a terrible town. There's nothing to do. And the whole town smells like cheese. I can say, well, at least it wasn't my decision to move there. You know, I don't have to claim any responsibility or face the fact that I made a decision that didn't work out. Or if I choose the place we go for dinner and and the service is terrible, then I'm stuck processing my feelings of guilt and wrongness. It's a load of crap. <laughs> you have, we have no control over, you know, what the town smells like or what the service is like at a restaurant. It has nothing to do with me. And chances are that... If that's something I'm taking responsibility for, then it would do me a world of good to have to face that within myself. Okay, so it's it's a bit of courage. It's a, it's a leap of courage to just step up and say, I'm going to make a decision. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. And I'll face whatever feelings come up out of that. The third reason I want to talk about is just that we're not in the habit. We're not in the habit of making the decisions or being in charge or ex- exercising our autonomy. So we've talked in the past in yoga, This in January 2021, we did an entire month on neural pathways and how difficult it can be to create new patterns and behaviors in our minds and in our bodies. I don't have podcasts about that topic, but I have classes in my on-demand section of my website. So in yoga, these ingrained patterns are called samskaras. 
And they totally come into play when it comes to exercising our autonomy and making decisions. If we are accustomed to having other people make our decisions, whether it's our parents, our partners, our friends, that route of deferring to them is just, it is simply well paved. What was our programming like? Were we given autonomy when we were children? Um, Were we allowed to make decisions for ourselves? Were we allowed to experience the consequences of our decisions and to learn from the process of having things not turn out as we had planned or hoped? If that work isn't done, guess who gets to do it? It's us. We have to do it for ourselves. And as adults, I think it's more uncomfortable, but it's also incredibly empowering and valuable. Making those new patterns, getting comfortable being in the driver's seat in our own lives, it takes practice. It's something we have to do over and over again. We can't just do it once and then say, oh, I tried making the decisions. I made that one decision to go to that one restaurant and it turned out terrible and I'm just going to let my partner decide from now on. Nope, you need to keep doing it. It's not like you have to, you know, impose your autonomy onto every scenario in your life. But if it calls for it, if there's something that you desire or something that you feel needs to be said or a move that needs to be made, a shift that needs to begin, and you know it, there's something in you that feels it, then you've got to go for it. You've got to go for it. And even if it turns out poorly, you need to do it again the next time so that you're used to being your own advocate. So it takes practice. We have to do it again and again. And finally, this is the last one I'll talk about today. Um, And it certainly isn't last because it's least significant. This one is fear of what others will think. That's a big one. So we're social creatures. We are made for interdependence and community. And when we make decisions, we're almost always considering what those decisions will look like to the people we value in our lives. So this isn't to say we shouldn't consider others in our decisions, but we need to know how much weight to give that. A lot of times when we have the courage to make decisions that we know are in our best interest, but make other people uncomfortable, We actually teach those that we care about that we are capable, self-governing people. And the entire relationship benefits from that. We self-edify during that process. And in my experience, the whole relationship comes out stronger. I've seen this in my marriage. I've seen it in my relationship with my parents. You know, maybe after an awkward patch, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get the whole relationship to that next level. So suffering your life in a state of stuckness because you're afraid of making other people uncomfortable or unhappy, it's only it's not only not worth it, it ends up, in my opinion, harming both you and the relationships that you want to be pouring into. So here's an example. Let's say you're a junior in college. Okay, so some of us are going to have to go way back in time in our imaginations, myself included. Let's say you're a junior in college and you're, let's say you're on a pre-med track and this was your decision. You want to be a doctor. And it was your decision, your desire, you know, your ambition, but your parents are just bursting at the seams with pride that their kid is going to be a doctor. Um, And then over time, you start to realize that you actually want to shift toward a career in writing, 
So as time goes on, that desire becomes more and more clear to you, but you just can't change it at this point because you've put in three years of university and your parents are already telling everyone they know that you are on track for med school. So the answer here might look clear from an outsider's perspective, especially those of us that are, you know, older than 30. We can look and see how simple this this is, maybe how um, easy it would seem to just shift. But if you've been in this position or if you can kind of draw connect it with a similar position you've been in, you know how challenging this is. But let's say you go ahead and change your course and you thrive in a writing program. You go on to be a, a writer and you, you're barely making ends meet at first, but your career grows over time. We probably don't need to discuss how that shift has impacted you. But also, what does it show your parents? That you can determine your own goals and direction and that you're able to follow through with what you know you need. So maybe it was awkward or weird or tumultuous or confusing for a while in that relationship, but eventually it evens out. And that relationship comes closer to that of three healthy functional adults rather than that kind of codependent parent-child relationship the way we all start out. So those are the four things that I had in mind. And I'm really finding this uh, need to say at the end of this episode that I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. I have no (laughs) authority in the mental health field whatsoever. Anything I share in this podcast comes from my own experience. It is just strictly my own opinion, my own reflections, my own sort of meandering thoughts. So certainly take it with a grain of salt. If it resonates, maybe it's something that you needed to hear. And if it doesn't resonate or if you disagree with it, by all means, you just run with that feeling and you find your own way. Um, But all that being said, I very much appreciate you listening and I would truly value your feedback. What kind of a decision maker are you? When you make the decision, how does it feel afterwards? What sort of emotional fallout occurs for you? Is there an emotional hangover from that? Share your experiences with me. This week in yoga, we are still working with autonomy on the mat, making our decisions for our own bodies, our own minds, and finding our own ways to exercise our authority and autonomy in our practice. So I hope you'll join me. There is yoga on Sunday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Central on Zoom. And I practice free on Facebook Live Wednesday mornings at 9.30. It's just a 30-minute class, 9.30 to 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. You can find all the details at my website, www.erinlanzi.com. While you're there, you're going to get a really annoying pop-up. It's a huge screen takeover pop-up, and it's going to ask you for your email address. And if you haven't already joined my email list, I would be delighted to have you on my list. I send out a weekly email on Fridays just with yoga insights, yoga tools, free yoga gifts and, you know, kind of similar to these kind of podcast reflections. So if you enjoy it, you might enjoy it in writing too. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, month of May, I am, oh, here's my two-year-old. Okay. Collecting donations for my slow and steady vinyasa class. All of those donations go to Iowans for Immigrant Freedom. And I, it is a green candle. It is. And so I encourage you to come practice with me and make a donation. I'm trying to raise $200 a month for that uh, nonprofit here in Iowa City. 
All right, time to wrap this up, clearly. Um, It's blue, yeah. Hope you have a fantastic week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye.